0: This is day 207 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Acts chapters 10 through 14. Lord God, as we enter into your presence, please bless this time. We are so lost without you. We need your guidance. We need your wisdom in our lives, or else we'll just be like the sheep that we are and just wander. Lord, you need to bring us back into your fold. Please encamp around us. Please encamp your angels around us to protect us, to give us clarity of mind, to give us purpose. You have given us a unique calling, Lord. And so often we neglect it. And so often we put it aside when we have some spare time. But rather, Lord, we need to reverse our priorities. You need to be the center of all things, and your kingdom needs to be the center of all things. And what we want Is secondary. Please help us to understand that more as we discover what the missionaries and the apostles did in these days. Please bless the reading of this word. Allow your Holy Spirit to teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, and gave many alms to the Jewish people, and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius. And fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa, and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were his personal attendants. And after he had explained everything to them, he sent them into Joppa. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. But he became hungry and was desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance, and he saw the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground, and there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. A voice came to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now, while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he had seen might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, appeared at the gate, and calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you, but get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you, to come to his house and hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. And on the next day he got up and went away with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. On the following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up. I, too, am just a man. As he talked with him, he entered and found many people assembled. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. That is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for so I ask for what reason you have sent for me. Cornelius said, Four days ago to this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by god that is to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead and he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by god as judge of the living and the dead of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him Receives forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. When Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began speaking and proceeding to explain to them in orderly sequence, saying, I was in the city of Joppa, praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision, an object coming down like a great sheet, lowered by four corners from the sky, and it came down right in front of me. And when I had fixed my gaze on it and was observing it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth and the wild beasts and the crawling creatures and the birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing unholy or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice from heaven answered a second time, What God has cleansed, no one can consider unholy. This happened three times, and everything was drawn back up into the sky. And behold, at that moment, three men appeared at the house in which we were staying having been sent to me from Caesarea. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. These six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house. And he reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house, and saying, Send to Joppa, and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here, and he will speak words to you by which you will be saved you and all your household. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as he did upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift as he gave to us also, after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ? Who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen, made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ear of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then when he arrived, he witnessed the grace of God, and rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Now at that time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would certainly be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius. And in the proportion that any of the disciples had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. And this they did, sending it in charge of Barnabas and Saul to the elders. Now about that time Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them, and he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. When they had seized him, he put him in prison delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison and behold an angel of the lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck peter's side and woke him up saying get up quickly and his chains fell off his hands and the angel said to him gird yourself and put on your sandals and he did so and he said to him wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought that he was seeing a vision. When they had passed this first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him, When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind! But she kept insisting that it was so. They kept saying, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, Report these things to James and the brethren. Then he left and went to another place. Now when day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have become of Peter. When Herod searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending time there. Now he was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And with one accord they came to him. And having won over Blastus, the king's chamberlain, They were asking for peace, because their country was fed by the king's country. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum, and began delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out, The voice of a god and not of a man! And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. Now there were at Antioch, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the Word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar Jesus, who was with a proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the magician, for so his name is translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the holy spirit fixed his gaze on him and said you who are full of all deceit and fraud you son of the devil you enemy of all unrighteousness will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the lord now behold the hand of the lord is upon you and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time and immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. But John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But going on from Perga, they arrived at Pisidian Antioch, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading of the Law and the Prophets, the synagogue officials sent to them, saying, Brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. Paul stood up, and motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God. Listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt, and with an uplifted arm he led them out from it. For a period of about forty years he put up with them in the wilderness. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land as an inheritance all of which took about four hundred and fifty years. After these things he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. After he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified, and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. From the descendants of this man, according to promise, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, after John had proclaimed before his coming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And while John was completing his course, he kept saying, what do you suppose that I am? I am not he. But behold, one is coming after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brethren, sons of Abraham's family, and those among you who fear God, to us the message of this salvation has been sent. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, recognizing neither him nor the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled these by condemning him. And though they found no ground for putting him to death, they asked Pilate that he be executed. When they had carried out all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who came up with Him from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now His witnesses to the people. And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers, that God has fulfilled this promise to our children, and that He raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second Psalm. You are my Son, today I have begotten you. As for the fact that he raised him up from the dead, no longer to return to decay, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore he also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid among his fathers and underwent decay. But he whom God raised did not undergo decay. Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and through him everyone who believes is freed from all things, from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Therefore take heed, so that the things spoken of in the prophets May not come upon you. Behold, you scoffers, and marvel and perish, for I am accomplishing a work in your days, a work which you will never believe, though someone should describe it to you. As Paul and Barnabas were going out, the people kept begging that these things might be spoken to them the next Sabbath. Now, when the meeting of the synagogue had broken up, Many of the Jews and of the God-fearing proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, were urging them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, nearly the whole city assembled to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, and said, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first, since you repudiate it, and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us. I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city, and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. In Iconium they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed, both of Jews and of Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore they spent a long time there speaking boldly, with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided, and some sided with the Jews, and some with the apostles. And when an attempt had been made, by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers, to mistreat and to stone them, they became aware of it, and fled to the cities of Lyconia, Lystra, and Derbe, and the surrounding region. And there they continued to preach the gospel. At Lystra a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had faith to be made well, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leapt up and began to walk. When the crowds saw what Paul had done, they raised their voice, saying in the Lyconian language, The gods have become like men and have come down to us and they began calling barnabas zeus and paul hermes because he was the chief speaker the priest of zeus whose temple was just outside the city brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds but when the apostles barnabas and paul heard of it they tore their robes and rushed out into the crowd, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of the same nature as you, and preach the gospel to you that you should turn from these vain things to a living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In the generations gone by, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways. And yet he did not leave himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave you rains from heaven, and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Even saying these things, with difficulty they restrained the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowds, they stoned Paul, and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. The next day he went away with Barnabas to Derbe. After they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying, Through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They passed through Pisidia and came into Pamphylia. When they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Ataliah. From there they sailed to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had accomplished. When they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they spent a long time with the disciples. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about a few things that we notice here today. In chapter 10, we see God transforming Peter into a different kind of man. Because it appears that at the beginning of all this, Peter had some sort of prejudices. Not only did he consider people like the Gentiles unclean, but he also observed that the food that they were eating was unclean, And he was staying with a man named Simon who was a tanner, a tanner being the one that handles the skins of dead animals. And those people as well are considered to be unclean because they handle dead bodies, which is not in the law of Moses. So in many ways, Peter was, without him even noticing, was being prepared to preach to the Gentiles that he thought was unclean. And God did it in a strange way. When he was on the rooftop, he had a vision about a tablecloth of some kind coming down from the sky, held by the four corners, and as soon as it touched the ground, it opened up and showed all sorts of animals. And the voice told him to kill and eat, and he said, no, I won't. And what I think is odd about this is, yeah, he's trying to honor God in not eating unclean animals. but the problem is, is that he's not obeying God. If God tells you to eat something, even if it's unclean, you eat it. Not only that, but maybe Peter thought he was being tested in some way to see if he was going to obey God. I don't know. But what I always find it odd is that humans tend to argue with God when divine revelation comes. I don't understand why, but I guess that's just the human nature. Even Peter, which, who we know is very passionate, and he's an all-or-nothing kind of guy. He said, by no means, Lord, I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Are you suggesting that God is tempting you? He doesn't tempt anyone. Are you suggesting that God is somehow unclean, and he's encouraging you to be unclean? See, you see what I'm saying? We're getting into some dangerous territory here with Peter. and. God is patient with him, and he is teaching him a better way. And what does God say? What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. So he's not only talking about the food here, which he's showing that now all foods are clean in the sight of God, but now he's saying that the people are clean too. The Gentiles are able to receive the word of God, and don't try to take that away from them. Go out and preach to the Gentiles. They will be allowed to have salvation too. And so his first assignment, after some men came to the house, was to go to a man named Cornelius. And he appears to be an observer of the Jewish tradition and the true God. So it seems that he accepted some of the laws and practices of the Jewish people, but he himself was not Jewish, and he didn't do a few important things that Jews did, like circumcision, for example. That was one thing that he did not do. And as we have discovered here is the true circumcision is not that of the flesh, it is that of the heart, and that was always symbolic to mean that. So it was a distinguishing mark, if you will, of being a Jew to be circumcised, because everyone else didn't do that. But now it's not necessary. It is a spiritual issue, and that is what God is trying to show us here. So we see Cornelius and his whole household hearing the preaching of Peter. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. And if you notice, we saw before, like with the magician named Simon, that he thought that if you lay hands on people, the Holy Spirit falls on them. But like I was telling you, that was an uncommon thing. This is the common thing, where the Holy Spirit falls upon those who believed when Peter spoke. So Peter successfully witnessed two Gentiles, and they got saved. And then he finally understood. I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. Which is in verse 35 so it makes sense to him now he gets it. So an amazing thing happened, but Peter had to explain himself because they didn't believe him. and so he explained what happened and then they received it with gladness and they rejoiced that God has offered salvation to the Gentiles. And besides, what did Peter say? is if if God wants to give them the same gift he gave to us, who am I to get in God's way? That's an excellent way to respond. Who am I to stop God? God wants to do it. Who am I to get in his way? I should be pushing this along rather than being offended by it, which is what the Jews were doing. The Christians get it, but the Jews did not. The second half of chapter 11 talks about the church of Antioch, and then in chapter 12 we see the first of the apostles be killed. We see James, the brother of John, be murdered. The first martyr of the twelve. So, unfortunately, he didn't get to minister for very long, but he was still someone who is valuable to the kingdom of God. And then they went after Peter next, but God still had plans with Peter. And it's an amazing story how this worked out. So he was bound in chains, there was guards next to him, and somehow it was almost as if I don't even know how to describe it, but how I imagine it in my head is that like time stopped in some way. It's strange. And because Peter moved around, he walked out of that place, and no one noticed. So either he made zero noise or it was the way that the angel did it, to where it just made everything. So subtle and so covert that they just walked out of there. And doors were opening by themselves, like you're going to the mall or something, which obviously was not around in those days, so that was supernatural. So he went to the house where all his friends were staying at, and they didn't believe it was him. They thought it was his angel, which I thought was an interesting statement. Like it was a guardian angel of some kind, rather than Peter himself. And they were telling the girl who was at the door, you're out of your mind. There's no way it's him. But then they go, and sure enough, it was him. And he's like, be quiet, they're coming after me. And then he told them to go to James, and this James is the brother of Jesus, not the James who was just put to death by Herod. So this is James, the half-brother of Jesus, who is now becoming a prominent figure in the church. And we see Herod get arrogant, the people treating him like he is some sort of a demigod, and God just is done with him strikes him down. What's interesting is within a couple of sentences of each other, we see that the efforts of evil are diminished, and the efforts of God are multiplying like crazy. And then we see in chapter 13 the first missionary journey of the man named Paul who is now called by Paul, and he went with Barnabas and a couple other people. And they go, and they travel all over the place, and he is bold in his faith, and he does not allow evil to triumph. He speaks plainly about what the Bible says without apology, and some people took it with gladness, but some did not. And they had the same response for some of the Jewish leaders. Like you see in verse 45, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy, and they began contradicting the things spoken by Paul, and were blaspheming. Demonic work, indeed. And these are the Jewish leaders. So that's why I have a lot of issues with leadership in churches. you got to be very careful with who is leading your church. The pastor, or minister, or whatever you call them, if they are not right with God, then they will be able to infect so many people with lies, and it's very dangerous. So being a leader in a church is an extremely important responsibility that we cannot take lightly. But we see that through the rest of chapter 13 and chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas are completing their missionary journey with great success. Not without any hiccups and bumps in the road, right? There was even a time where they stoned Paul to the point where they thought he was dead. I mean, that is severe. Now, it's possible that he either just barely hung in there and survived, or it was possible that he died. We don't really know. But either way, it is incredible, the persistence of Paul. He talks about this, actually, in Galatians chapter 6, about what happened during the stoning, But I just like what the next sentence says. He said they stoned him, dragged him out, and supposed him to be dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. He doesn't stop. And I love that about him. He doesn't care about what happens to him. All he cares about is furthering the kingdom of God. And I think that's partly why God used him, because of his persistence. First, he was all persistent for the things of the Jews, and now he's persistent for the things of Jesus. And you just see what a powerhouse he is, and how well-spoken he is, and how much he knows the Scripture. He was trained as a Pharisee, after all, so he knows the Scripture very well. We get to see at the end of chapter 14 that they had great success. At the end of their missionary journey, we get to see them go back to Antioch and describe everything that happened to them. And then soon they're going to go back out on another missionary journey, but that will come next time. That's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.